there's exciting news, potentially, hopefully. I think, I think, I figured out how to do an intro song. Um, but I'm also not sure that I'm going to be able to figure it out after I record this. So if you listen to this and there was a fun little tune, great. If not, just ignore everything I'm saying right now because I literally have no idea what I'm doing. But that's fine. All right, so today uh, we're going to focus on something a little bit different, which is what we're in short supply of, meaning um, time. So time is a really big overarching idea. Um, So I really wanted to focus on the fact that we're in short supply of taking our time, right? Like we are always looking for more time. We're constantly thinking that we don't have time or we wish we did more with our time, right? Like we spend our time either really productively for like, you know, two weeks. You're like, all right, I'm on this tear and I'm going to be super productive. I'm super motivated. And you're kind of getting ahead of your time. Or there's the more realistic and accurate depiction of time where it's like, I don't have time, but I'm also going to watch all of the first three seasons of whatever on Netflix, right? So we get, I think, a little bit anxious or nervous or pressured about time because we feel like we don't have enough of it or we're not doing enough with it short term uh, where, you know, in a week or in a month or in a year, we should be accomplishing goals or we should be waking up at three o'clock every morning and working out and eating right and like always doing enough with time. And I think that's something that we're constantly chasing. But nobody really spends a ton of time, for lack of better words, uh, about nobody spends a ton of time talking about the fact that it's okay to take your time in a long-term way. There's these conditions that are kind of put onto us by ourselves or by our families or by society or by whomever that are like, by this age, you need to do this. By this time in your life, you should have accomplished this, this, and this. And if you aren't or if you're using your, your time differently, it's shameful, Like, oh, I'm 25 and I haven't done this or I'm 30 and I still haven't done that. And it's it's actually a really unhealthy and toxic thing to put on yourself. And it's actually I've seen it where it manifests itself physically with a lot of people. So anyway, I think that uh, when it comes to finding the right path for yourself or for ourselves with time, There's no easy way to just say, okay, this is the route that I'm going to take. This is the path that I'm going to take. And it's going to get me to all my goals in five years. And I really wanted to talk to somebody about this particular topic who's lived it. Because I can easily say, okay, yeah, like I feel pressured to, you know, do this, this, and this by a certain age or by a certain timeline. And we always create timelines for ourselves regardless if they are realistic or not. Uh, But the person that I have here today is going to be spending the time. I feel like I'm just going to be like time, time, time. Um, because it's something that is super personal to him and to me too, because I lived it alongside of him. I won't, I wouldn't say that I, I went through exactly what he went through, but I was definitely like, you know, living it in a, in a passive way for many, many years. So anyway, without, you know, so much suspense, right? Um, I want to introduce my older brother. Hi, everybody. Say hi. Hi. Right? You might have to get closer. Oh, okay. um, so 
really quick, when I had this idea to do this podcast, literally it ranked of like excitement and support of like Frank. And actually, you know what? I would say that you were probably like more like hyped, like, yes, do it. Whereas Frank was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. But are you sure? Whereas like, so for those of you that don't know my brother on a personal level, if you're not lucky enough to know him on a personal level, my brother's three years older than me. His name is Dominic. And, um, we're like thicker than thieves. It's, it's really ridiculous actually. Um, but he is, or has been the epitome of support in the last like 10 years of my life of just like constantly being that touchstone of like, you want to do this thing, do it. You want to try that, you know, new, whatever, go for it. You want to be a teacher here? You like, let's do it. And you want to do a podcast? I want to be on it. Like, (laughs) and it was, you know, it's, it's a good, we have a really good relationship. Um, but it wasn't always, uh, wasn't always like this. So I want to just spend a quick minute talking about the roles that we play in each other's lives now versus even like 15 years ago. So like I said, we're three years apart. Um, Now we're best friends. Would you agree? I do. It's it's actually a little ridiculous. I think we talk to our like each other. More than our significant others throughout oh, the day. Yeah, for sure. Like, my brother uh, is married, right? Yes. Uh, his wife is actually one of my best friends. So that's, like, a really cool way of, like... It's a really nice dynamic. Like, I hang out with my sister-in-law every single day. Like, we go to the gym together every day. We talk every day. Um, we we genuinely enjoy each other's company. Um, or, and I think, like, you and Frank are, are also... You're super alike. So, yeah. like, you guys get along really well. Um, but with all of that being said, like I talk to you more than I talk to Frank daily. Mm -hmm. You talk to me more than you talk to Athena daily. And it's because we have the same exact humor. Oh yeah. So like all day (laughs) long, it's just like ridiculousness back and forth, like text messages, memes, um, you know, just, just random, like ridiculousness. But it wasn't always like this. Right. So I, that's what I th- also think I appreciate it more now as an adult where I'm like, wow, I only have one brother and I'm super happy that we are this close. But I think back, like even in preparation for this, like I was thinking about our relationship, maybe even when like I was 13 and you were 16 or like it was not like this. Oh. Um, so we grew up in a semi-normal household. Wow. Use that term loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of little, little splash of trauma <laughs> doesn't doesn't do anybody no. any uh, any any favors, right? We made us stronger, but we'll get to that. So we grew up, you know, pretty close. We hung out a lot, and you know, when we were kids and we played and whatever. But like, it was also like the older brother, younger sister relationship where it was like protector, but also like stay away from me, get the fuck away much. from me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I think that manifested itself more when we were, like, getting closer in age, meaning, like, in the teenage years, where, like, I wanted to hang out with you and your friends, and you were like, no. Because I can understand that, too. Like, you're, you know, you're 16, you have your early teen sister, and you're like, I don't want you anywhere near my friends. (laughs) Like, I get that. Now I get that, right? Um, But, yeah, we... We had a rough couple of years, and I'm going to tell one story, and I know you're going to be pissed, but 
it happened. I know and who this is yeah, Let's and this is like if you really want to think about how far we've come. My brother, is, when he was a senior in high school, I was a freshman. So only seniors in high school were allowed to drive <laughs> to drive to school. So my brother, who lived in the same exact house as me, drove to the same school as that I went to every single day and refused to drive his sister to school. I had to take the bus every day. So one day, um, I was... I was at the bus stop and I spilled coffee all over myself also because I've been drinking coffee since I was like six and it was my freshman year. So I'm drinking coffee and I spill it all over myself and I called daddy to have, cause I was like, you have to pick me up. I have to go, you know, cause the bus stop was like all the way, wherever it was far. So he picks me up and he's like, well, I can't take you to school because whatever. And I, you were still home and dad was like, you're taking Daniela to school. And you were like, no, I'm not doing that. No, no, I don't want to be seen with her. So, and you drove like your friends to school Typical too. Typical 17 year old answer. Right. right. Like I can't be seen with my, my little sister. So he drove me to school, right? Like my dad was like, yeah, uh, that's my car. But he made me lay in the back seat of the car. So nobody saw that I drove, that he was driving me to school. And so like our, um, my building, um, it was like a night, all the ninth graders, all the freshmen were in one building and there was like a little bridge and then all the, you know, upperclassmen were in the, the other building. So he had to pull into the ninth grade center and I literally, he like opened the door and I had to like stop, drop and roll out. He wouldn't even stop the car. Like I literally like rolled out because I couldn't, he didn't want anybody to see me. And then he like sped off and don't worry, I had to take the bus home and every single day since then. So, or not since then, I'm not still (laughs) taking the bus to high school, but every, you know, until I, until he graduated. Um, But then on the same time, I just thought about this. Like, so he didn't want to be seen with me at all. Like, I'm not driving my little sister to school. But then I saw him in the hallway one day. And, oh, yeah. and do you want to tell the story? <laughs> no. It, no. It doesn't really paint you in a nice light. No. I was walking down the hallway with, like, a friend who happened to be a boy. <laughs> and my brother was walking down the hallway with, like, another friend. I don't know. Yeah, one of my friends. And he did not like that I was talking to a boy. And him and his friend took the kid by, like, was it the collar, the shirt, and just, like, threw him down the hallway. Like, no, you're not going to talk to this kid. So, like, you don't want to be seen with me, yet (laughs) you're going to protect me. Yes. And I think that was, you know, that was for a really long time. I think, truthfully, not trying to get super heavy right away, but I think what brought us closer, uh, our relationship, was when our dad got sick. Yes. Um, so for those of you that like don't know us, you know, that well, or, or you don't, you're not privy to this information. Um, although we talk about it like very openly, our dad, and you know what, this is kind of twofold. Our dad got sick or our dad has been sick pretty much our whole life. Um, he has polycystic kidney disease and he had his first kidney removed when he was 12. And, um, ever since then he was living with one kidney. So when we were in high school, um, yeah, when we were in high school, he, his kidney, his remaining kidney was failing and he needed a transplant. Otherwise things were not looking good for him because he had refused to do dialysis. So they had actually given him like time. Like they were like, listen, you might want to like get your shit together. So it was not a, a good place to be. So we relied on each other a lot because 
we things were getting very real very quickly. Like we had to kind of stop being these like carefree kids who didn't really have to worry about anything because, you know, we were fortunate to have a very stable home in the sense of like we never had to worry about anything other than like superficial problems, right? Like we had a, we always had food. We always had nice things. We would go on vacations every year. Like we had a nice life, relatively speaking. Um, There was so, again, there was some trauma, but this was one of it. This was one thing. Like from the outside looking in, we're this, you know, awesome family. And, you know, we, we had, we have, we're very lucky. Um, But little did people know, like, our dad was fighting for his life. So that really brought us together as well as um, my brother was also diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease my freshman year. So probably after the not driving to school thing, um, because like, that's, I think when we also realized like we're not invincible. Like we, we knew that this was a genetic thing And when I remember I was in the car with you when you got the call um, with an ex-girlfriend, but that's regard, that's not even, (laughs) no, she's irrelevant to the conversation, but we were in the car. I remember where we were going. Was it when we were going? No, I was gonna say we were going to the movies when you took me out of school, but no, we were, we were going somewhere else, but it doesn't matter. That was one nice thing that he did. He pulled me out of school uh, one day so we can go see Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a waste yeah, of time that was. was. Remember that? So anyway, we got, I remember you answering the phone and it was the doctor and they had told you that you also had polycystic kidney disease. And I remember a shift from like, okay, this is my brother and, you know, he's always kind of just been around and it's just this like whatever like existence. Like we've definitely coexisted for a while. And then, then that moment of like, this is my only brother and like we can't take that for granted um and i think ever since then that the trajectory of our whole family has changed um in the sense of like we were able to look past a lot of bullshit yeah because we again we've had many blessings but we also have had to see some some things so anyway that is um, kind of how we became, in a long-term way, very close. Um, you're nodding your head, but like you actually have to say stuff. I know, like I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't just, I can't just be the only one talking. Um, Disclaimer: First time on a podcast. So yeah, it's I'm it's nervous. yeah, but it's also like the most unprofessional thing yeah. ever. Like we're next, we're sitting in the guest room of my house. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, a little bit more like insight into into who we are, I guess. Dominic is somebody who is always dreaming, like always thinking of like the next great thing, or like you know what we should do, and you know what we should you know think about, and we should open up a whatever, and like that actually plays a big role into today, like our conversation of taking your time with things in life in a long term way. Um, like for a good amount of time. I feel like once a week I was getting a text message of like, you know what we should do? <laughs> we should open up a food truck. And I'm like, do you know how much work a food truck? And like my relationship in this, like, with, like if our parents were to describe us, I think it would be like, Dominic is the dreamer. Daniela is the realist where it's like, 
Dominic's like, we're going to open up a, you know, a food truck. I'm going to become a this. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, I did this one thing. I went to school for this one thing, and that's what I'm going to do. And I think a lot of this dreaming of, you know, little like, let's open up a food truck. And I can't think of other um, examples of just like everything everything you think think of. Yeah, like to be pretty cool. Yeah. Like, well, I think the reason that you were like, I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to be a cop, I'm going to open up a food truck, I'm going to open up a bakery. Like, all of these ideas were because you weren't solidified in what you wanted to do. You were in this, like, abyss. Like, I could either do this or I could do that. And it's, it's cool to be a dreamer, but there's also a lot of anxiety in, hey, I've created a timeline for myself and I'm not doing anything with these like time restraints or limits that I gave myself. So in unpacking all of that now, years later, it's like, hey, wait a second. It's okay that I didn't do this at 21, this at 23, and this at 25. Um, but I think in the moment, you were like feeling a little lost. Yeah. 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 I mean, you kind of had your path picked out a little yeah. bit earlier. Um, for, I did not sure. exactly like school. Um, no. So it wasn't really, I didn't have my passion. Yeah. Like people go into high school or go into college and like, I want to do this thing. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I kind of did. And then school's not really my forte. So I kind of got whatever I could out of school and then you were jumped done. into working. And it wasn't what I wanted to do, but right. I decided maybe I'll find it. And even now I'll be 30 next week. And oh my God. It's still like. I'm not exactly where I want to be, right? But I'm not. I'm finding the path. Yeah. Now to that's real. Get to where I want to go. Right, and I think the whole point of this is like it's okay to take your time. Like it's it. You're. I think thirty is like that. Like oh my god, thing. Like yeah. not that I know, but like, and you almost feel like you should have X, Y, and Z figured out. But it's also like kind of nice that you're you're doing all of this now. Like. We grew up in a household where there were clear expectations for us, but it was never like, for me, my, my experience was it was never like shoved down my throat. Like I was a good student. I did pretty well. I never really challenged myself as a student because our parents were the type of parents that were like, just pass, like just do your best. Like they were never... They never pressured us to get A's and B's and, like, d- like to always, you know, just be these scholar kids. We weren't. And be- and that was okay. Like, they weren't those, like, oh, unrealistic expectations. Okay. I mean, we but, got a couple stories about that. Oh, but. yeah. We actually um, – <laughs> this is hilarious. Story. We did not do well in, on, like rep- – like, for what, whatever year, like, report cards were coming this home. Grade. For you or for me? For me. Oh, wait, are you talking about the Stone Cold yeah. story? Oh, no, I'm talking about the report card story where we hid them in the wall. All right, we can tell both. Wait, tell both. So we oh, used to do really bad. Like, I failed gym one year. Like, I just, I, I never wanted my dad to see my report card, not even for the grades, for the comments yeah. that were like, Daniela talks too much. Um, and Dominic just, like, did not do well in school either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it is, like, we survived. We're okay. Yeah, we're okay. So we were getting construction done on the house when report, <laughs> and this one report cards were mailed home. Like, we used yes. to run home from school so that our dad didn't get the report card before we did. And we hid the report cards in, like, the, the 
um, what is that word? Like the, not, um, is it insulin? No, insulin is. No, that's not it. Insulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the insulation. What whatever. Insulin. Whatever. I saw, you know what it is? Because I saw this thing about insulin on yeah. Facebook today. Um, we hid it in like the walls but because they were going to get like, they were going to get sheetrock and drywall put on them. <laughs> and not until years, when I'm telling you years, years later, my dad knocked down the wall, maybe like three years ago, and was like, why oh, are yeah. there report cards <laughs> in the out. wall? And we're like, uh, I don't know. It's so crazy. How it looked happened. like the post office. It yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, the mailman just put it there. It's so crazy. Another story, the one that you were talking about, yeah. was Dominic didn't do well on, I don't know. I got a report card. It, it was, was probably card. another report card. I don't remember. I was in second grade. So I don't remember that. I remember the, <laughs> I don't know the circumstances, but go ahead. You tell the story. Oh man. All you right. You have to. So we get our report cards. Our parents were not happy. No. <laughs> I, got, I bought a brand new Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> My dad calls me into our spare bedroom, shows me the report card. Yep. I'm sorry, dad. Yeah. He starts Oops. freaking out. Yep. And rips the shirt right off my body he has not even worn I it i worn it one day to school yeah, that was and it it was gone it was literally he took it by the collar and was like <sighs> ripped it straight off now this isn't like Rest this is like peace. before like ordering online like this was like you order from a magazine yeah <laughs> and like so it was like the anticipation you were so <laughs> proud to have it and he was like yeah you thought and he ripped it off my by the way he still denies that this he happened. denies it it happened denies definitely happened um again now sorry dad yeah whatever <laughs> again i talk about him so much he's got to be on here so and then i had nothing to do with this by the way absolutely nothing to do yeah. with this it had nothing to do with me my homework folder from like second grade or third grade or whatever was sitting on like the table in the in the spare bedroom like the coffee table or whatever and he picked it up and threw it and was like, and you, do your homework. And I was like, well, I'm not. I'm like, well, now I can't. Like, half of it's in the kitchen <laughs> and the other half of it's on the floor. Like, I don't know how to, I can't do it, Dad. Um, so that, yeah. So school was not really Dom's thing. Yes. But um, the expectations that were put on us, as you can now tell, were a little different. Like, for me, I wasn't challenged. Like, they, my parents weren't like, you need to do this, 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 and this, because I did fairly well that they kind of were like, you're good. Whereas with Dom, they knew that he could do more than what he was doing. Like his potential was greater than, than what he was kind of producing. And they were on him all the time, right? They were on you like so, mom, I remember mom being like, please, just please. She's like cry and beg. And as detrimental as that was for you, I'm sure it was also not good for me either because they weren't like actively like hey Daniela hey how's school going yeah. like I remember like applying for colleges like on my own like not like they weren't well you were very self-driven yeah like, you I really didn't I didn't need, need a lot of, I didn't like, but I think that was also because I knew in some capacity that like they didn't need they didn't want me to go to them like, because they were preoccupied with you for so many years. Not in the sense of, like, everyday schooling, but you, that was, when I was applying for colleges, that's when you decided you didn't want to continue after Middlesex. Right. You were like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So, Middlesex, yeah, the county college. But yes. it, it was tough for them, I think. And I think that I almost wanted to just be, like, in the background. Um, but I think that played a big part in how we created timelines for ourselves. Like... I kind of knew, all right, I'm going to get into college. 
I'll go to school, I'll graduate, I'll get a teaching job, and then I'm going to be done. And the timeline for me was actually really fast. Like, I went to school, whatever that was, four and a half years, and I got a teaching job right away, which is very unlike what the norm is for, for teachers. And you, you know, you had middle sex, you know, you went to school, you finished school, and then you were like, now what? Yeah. So I think, you know, the, our experience with our timelines were totally different. Like mine was like one path where yours is like kind of, 76. yeah, but that's okay. Do you feel now that it's okay? Or do you still it's kind always, of, I mean, there's always a pressure, um, but I'm working toward it. If you yeah. want to even say yeah. that, um, I found my your thing thing, but still got to work toward doing it. So let's kind of like go through like the the timeline really. Like so you you left school, well you finished school and then you worked for ADP, right? Yeah, I worked for ADP and payroll. Yeah, you um, did payroll for years. For 5 years. But different companies, no? Two different companies. Yeah. Um and then I actually was able to get into the Department of Homeland Security, which, which is, is what you wanted. Oh, you know, yeah. Um not on the law enforcement side, which is what I wanted, but I'm I got in. Yeah. Because um, that's I feel like I would be very good. I like helping people. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, that's for originally sure. why I thought I was going to get into the teaching field. Right. That was what to, you went to school for originally, I right? I wanted to help as many people as I could. Um, but I was not a good student. Yeah, well, <laughs> who is? Yeah. But, it, I mean, slowly going. But like, like I said before, I am turning 30. <clears throat> but somebody said that I ran into when I was going through these processes she started at 35. Yeah, and I think... And her new career, 35 years old. And... But I also think, like, 30 used to be this, like, scary... Like, when you're 30, like, you might as well just, like, get go to the early bird special. Like, you're done. Whereas, like, now, like, that's where a lot of people are starting. And I think what also is, is interesting is, like, we saw our parents at 30 have two kids, work, own a home... Like, they did all of these things and made it look easy. Right. Because truthfully, if there were struggles, we never knew. We never knew about it. We all. never knew. We went on two vacations a year, which a lot of people cannot say. Right. And, but what I found out not too long ago, I don't even know if you know this. Maybe. Mom told me that there were times when she would look in the couch cushions. Yes. For change yep. to go buy chicken at, at the store. Yes. And I'm like, wait a second. The same year that we went to, whatever, Disney World, you were looking for for coins to get food? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, listen, lady, like, what were your priorities? And she was like, we wanted you guys to see the world. But we also knew, like, there was, like, that was, like, six months apart, let's say. So, like, you went on this awesome vacation, and then life happened. Right. And, like, dad had probably, like, quit one job and was starting another and like all of these all of these things that no matter what showed us that like our parents always prevailed so kind of coming back to our lives we're like all right I'm 27 you're 30 you're going to be 30 I'm I'm 26 turning 27 you're 29 turning 30 like there there almost felt like a little bit of pressure of like wait if my parents were able to do xyz why am I struggling so hard yeah but I think what we forget is that they were. We just didn't know. 
Yeah. Like, Dad had two jobs at one point, and he was DJing. Right. Yes. And, like, we look at that at... Right. And, like, our dad right now in his field is very successful. Very. So, I mean, it's a boring... Like, for real, normal people, like, like, it's not exciting at all. But, like, in the payroll industry, he's, like, the mayor of, like... that was part of the the reason why I left school and, like, I can get into this big company, a big payroll company. Maybe I could be as successful, sorry, as him. Yeah. And... It just wasn't, just wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And I was not happy about doing that, I guess, if you want to say. Right. Like, you almost thought, like, you could just become daddy. Right. Which is, you know, I wish I could, because he was, he's very successful. But he was very good at what he does. But you're also comparing your beginning to his middle. Right. But sometimes, especially in our family, we, we want to be. Our parents. Our parents would be as good as we want. <laughs> Scary thought. <laughs> we want to be good at yeah. everything that we do. Yeah. I, we saw, we continue to see, but even when we were younger, saw our dad just like being this like rock star of like people came to him for, for advice. He always had the answers. He's super, super intelligent um, and like with it. Like our dad has this like with itness. And our mom too. Like our mom is just strong. Like she never will, will, like you, you'll never see her like flinch. No. You know, like she is this well, like is. yeah, she's a tough bitch for sure. Like <laughs> she's like this warrior, and I think a lot of people, she means a lot to a lot of people that yes. I know for sure. Um, so I think we, you know, now as adults we can see it, but I think when we were younger it was almost like well we need to rise to the occasion for our parents. Like growing up with, you know, being the children of immigrants, like. Our parents sacrificed so much for us. Like, I always say that mom and dad planted the seeds so that we could enjoy the flowers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, they did all of the work for us to, like, reap that, those well, benefits. they wanted the things that they didn't. They wanted us to have the things that they didn't. Yeah, and, and I think that's any parent. That's any, any parent um, saying that, but, but they, I know from our experience. Yeah, I think that, like, my dad coming to this country and, like, basically having nothing. Nothing. To now being, like... I'm never going to put myself in that position. Like, so I think, again, going back to it, like there was a lot of pressure for us that we put on ourselves. Our parents never really put pressure on us to like be successful. They just wanted us to be, you know, settled and happy. Right. So, but we, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I always felt this pressure of I need to, when I got into college, I was like, I need to rise to the occasion because I knew dad was sacrificing a lot for me to go to school. I was going to a very expensive school. I was, you know, not, I, I, I didn't, I don't think I understood the magnitude of it. So, you know, I wanted to be good enough and I wanted to graduate on time and I wanted to get a job right away. And I felt like if I didn't do those things within a certain time frame, I was failing them. Yes. So did you feel like, kind of not knowing what you were doing and switching your, you know, your careers or all those things, Do you, did you ever feel like you were disappointing them? Yes. Really? I felt like I was. Um, being the oldest child. Yeah. Being almost 30 years old. Not really finding a passion in life. Right. Seeing your younger sister pass you, if you want to even say um, that, getting a degree, in, you know, her bachelor's degree, got her... Um, you know, teaching job right out of college. Teaches middle school to a bunch of, you know, <laughs> mutants that I saw. Um, mutants. You know, that it's as an older brother to a younger sister and 
your parents that worked hard, you feel yeah. like you're not as good or... So you compared yourself. A hundred percent. See, now I never, I never knew that. I never knew that you compared my, and I'm using like air quotes, air like quotes. my success to yours. Because at the same time, personally, we were, um, personally, our lives were actually overlapping. Like you, we got married 11 months apart. Yes. So like that I didn't compare because it was like, oh, this is great. Like we're, we're doing things at the same time, but I never really thought of it as like, oh, my younger sister is doing things at the same time as me. Yeah. And, and maybe, I don't think it's just me, but maybe some people feel the same way that when somebody that's, you should be as an older brother and older sibling, be in a more advanced part of your life. Yeah. Like, yeah, fine, we got married 11 months apart, but, you know, maybe that doesn't happen for everybody. Right. Well, that was fucking crazy. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, career-wise, you would think that you should be a little bit more ahead. You thought that you should be you know, in a be, different place. Be, you know, find my passion and be a little bit more deep, maybe before you started or as you were starting. Yeah. But... Do you still feel like that? I feel like I'm... A little, but yeah. it's more like... I'm on the right path. Now, I think I you are. Say. So, so say what you're doing now so that we can like kind of go from there. Cause this is awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I said, still work for Homeland security, but I also recently just got a, I had an interview for another law enforcement agency. Um, do not want to. No, we can't disclose. Yet. We can't disclose anything. <laughs> uh, but for the seven people who listen to right, this, yeah. <laughs> for your 12 listeners out there. Fuck um, that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, you know, just hearing back. Maybe and then that's, but I, I found my passion. And but you're also going to school too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you forget? I did forget. <laughs> I did enroll in school. Um, online. Trying to finish online. Um, I think that's so great. Class of 2023 20, or something. 2020. <laughs> I don't even, like, does that even, even is that even still a thing? I don't know. You're going to get a class ring? No, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Are they going to drive my ass with a big bus and yeah, like, right? drop off my diploma? Right. But I think that, you know, it's okay, kind of circling back. It's okay to be doing all of this now. Like, I don't... Do you feel, like, shame? No. I don't feel shame. It's more like a little... Disapp- I, I, I hold it on myself more yeah. than anything else. Well, I mean, I think it's also worth it to talk about the fact that, like, you didn't just not do things because you were, like, lazy. No. Like, that's you, one thing I'm not. You... Lazy. I think you kind of got into a funk where maybe it manifested, it, it almost masked, like, it seemed like it was lazy, but, like, you were dealing with a lot. Like, yes. so, like we, like I mentioned earlier, like, Dom got diagnosed with polycystic kidney mm-hmm. disease, so that was, like, that was tough because we kind of, we were like, well, now what? Like, do you need a transplant? Do you need, like, and knock on wood, like, literally knocking on wood, um, a good wooden <laughs> desk, um, you're good. Like, for yeah. the most part. Yes. Um, down the road, whatever. I got you for a kidney. Oh, thanks. But, <laughs> but a couple of years ago, you were having a lot of anxiety. Yes. And anxiety runs in our family. Um, and we both suffer from it greatly. Um, but there was, like, all this anxiety around, like, food. Like, every time you would start eating, you would feel sick. Yes. And every time you felt sick, you, you know, you didn't know what it was from. And there was all these, like, these factors of you were kind of, like, afraid to eat because you didn't know how you were going to feel. I was afraid to do... Anything. Anything. 
And I think that's where the anxiety came from. Yeah. You know, I ate something and then it was, I got sick and then, oh man, am I going to, it's going to happen again. I can't right. go out to dinner if I go out. Yeah. If we go out for somebody's birthday or yeah. something. There, and it, it kind of became like this social anxiety. Right. Because it was like, I don't want to go out to eat because I don't know if I'm going to feel a certain way. And then what am I going to do if I do feel sick? And, and it, it kind of just like snowballed. Yeah. And you were wrongly diagnosed. Yes. This is so crazy. Wrongly diagnosed with like 22 food allergies. Yeah. So there was like any and everything you could think of that he, you were allergic to. Right. For two years, yeah. you had to eat pretty much just like eggs, chicken, and rice. Yeah. Um, and meat like that was literally it and you like from the outside looking in like you know me not actively being the one that's going through it but being your sister it was so scary yeah because I felt like you were literally withering away to nothing you were so thin you were so unhappy like you were that was probably the darkest time of like you were just this like shell of who you are like I've known you obviously for my whole Mm -hmm. life and we've had a we those couple of years you were you know no offense but like you weren't fun to be around I hated it I hated you you were not you you were not you and I hate everything about myself right because of that right you were so insecure and like props to your wife because she fucking (laughs) she dealt with it she dealt with it and she dealt with it with such grace like she she was, she is just. Yeah, Athena's the best. Better than us so in every way. Yeah, yeah, girl. she's the best in every way. Um, but anyway, so, and then so crazy. Two years later, you went back to the doctor, and they were like, "Oops." Yeah, you're not. You're not allergic to, to anything. anything. And it wasn't like, oh, you grew out of these allergies. It was like we messed up. Yeah. And up. so my body didn't, you know, from them doing that making me stick to a bland diet. Right. And also still having that anxiety about food. Right. My body just was not used to eating it the right. same way. And that's why I was feeling sick all the time. Right, right, right. And then now, like, it was like, it was like this epiphany. Like, yeah. you, I remember you being like, I'm not, you called me. You were like, I'm not allergic to anything. I want pancakes. Like, it was yeah. like, it was like immediate. Yeah. And we, you know, at that same time, around that same time, maybe maybe a year or so apart, I can't I can't really remember the timeline. I had started at this new gym, and it was you know, it originally started out with this like I'm you know gonna just work out here and I like it here and whatever. And it was also a powerlifting gym, and because I'm so tiny and because like you know it would be awesome, I wanted to powerlift. So I started powerlifting and I had said to Dom, like, I, I think I want, I think you should try this. Like you should try it. And at first I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is my thing. I want this to be my thing. Um, Oh no. Cause you know, you had said you wanted to try it. Well, I originally went there just to kind of get back in shape because I really couldn't go to the gym. Right. And I, you know, felt skinny around everybody. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, very discouraged. Yeah. But then you told me, come try it out. You'll like it. Just went to get back in shape. And and that was so. Then what turned what started as my thing of like I'm gonna get strong and I'm gonna you know feel secure in myself quickly became yeah. oh no 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 this is and always will be your thing 
um, which was totally fine because I wasn't trying to be the world's best power lifter. Like I wasn't trying to break records. I did compete once, hated wearing the singlet. And I was like, this is definitely not for me, but you have taken this and really ran with it. And I think what's awesome is that I've seen you just kind of like total, and I I don't want to use this word because it really sounds stupid, but like (laughs) blossom. Like I've seen you, I know how horrible, right? I've seen you just totally like open yourself up. And like, I think that has been almost like the, the trajectory has been what has made you, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to keep striving to do things in law enforcement. I'm going to keep doing this thing. And I think it's because you found something that number one, keeps you healthy. Number two, brings you joy. And number three, like keeps the anxiety at bay. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't even think I even have it anymore because I, that's awesome. I found my, your thing, my thing, my release, Yeah. my, I feel confident doing it. And now I'm like, okay, I'm small, really (laughs) strong for my size. You're super strong. No, you're super strong. No, it's okay. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm the best. You're, yeah. you're strong. Yeah. And, you know, this, I think powerlifting really was, and getting married and kind yeah, of yeah. doing all that stuff, like you, all these good things were happening and you were like, you know what? Let's just continue with this momentum. And I think I that's where, over. I think yeah. that's really what it came down And I think to. your timeline changed. Yes. And that's okay. Like, so I think if anybody is listening to this, I mean, we've been like yeah. just chatting. I yeah. feel like this is just chatting, but if you're, if, if, and I, I know I can relate to this, so I'm sure other people can too. Like you always feel like your timeline needs to look a certain way right. and you need to just be like ticking things off, but it's okay if your timeline looks like, you know, a winding road. Like it's okay if you go back to start, it's okay if you take a detour, it's, it's also a roadmap, you know, right. it's okay that you, it's okay to not be okay and not be doing things. Like I know so many people who are in their second career and they're not even 30 yet. Like, oh, I did this for five years, I hated it, and now I'm doing this. Right. So I think starting over is actually really brave. It's not just like, oh, I'm flighty, and I don't know what I want to do, and I'm just going to keep doing things, and I'll figure it out along the way. You've made conscious decisions and choices to be like, I refuse to settle for anything that's not what's going to be the thing that I love doing. Right. And that's actually, that's, that is brave because so many people stay stuck in their job or in their life or in their relationship or wherever because it's comfortable and who nobody wants to start over. No. No one. It's a, it's a daunting thing. It is. It and, is. It, and you, you all almost feel like, really, am I really going to do this? Like I'm 26. Am I really gonna, you know, you start, start over? thinking about your decisions. Like there's a reason why you think of them. Oh yeah. You know, there's a reason why you think of, you know, maybe I will change my career, but you're like, ah. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to... Why rock why, the Why do it now? Right. At 26, 27. Yeah. For whatever. real. But it's... I mean, it's okay. I think there's a certain beauty in taking your time. Right. It's so you don't do the, this thing for 10 years or 15 years and then you look at yourself one day and you're like, wow, I hate my job. Yeah. Wow, I hate my life. Wow. Like, I would rather start over now... And start over and keep starting over and keep figuring it out. Then be 50 and be like, what do I... What do I really have to show for Yeah. what I gave 10 years of my life to or right. 20 years of my life to? Right. Agreed. <clears throat> now, I feel like 
I, I mean, I, I, we hear this a lot, but, like, I always say this to people who are like, oh, I wish, like, uh, I want to, I want to go to school again, or I want to finish school, or and, but, oh my god, it's been so long, or whatever, like, it's not a race, like, you're not racing against anyone, like, whatever, whenever you finish is when you finish, right. and we, we've been told that, but I don't think it actually, like, well, nobody wants to be like, oh, no, yeah, you're right, because we're, but... we are comparing ourselves to others, like, oh, I, you know, if if I you know let's say I didn't get a teaching job right away mm-hmm. and I've been and I'm still trying to get a job like and I graduated whatever that was like five or six years ago like or five years ago like would I still be as motivated to get a job probably not no because you're always feeling like you're hitting a wall and nothing is coming from your persistency I guess right no yeah it's, like there's only so much you can do right and like even if okay fine Let's say I, now I did get a job right away. I've been teaching for five years. Like, I could wake up tomorrow and be like, do I even really want to do this? And have to be okay with starting over. Right. I think a lot of people in my field especially stay in teaching because they feel like they can't do anything else. And they always say, well, what am I supposed to do? Just start over? Because the big, um, like, you know, the, the takeaway with teaching is, like, why leave? Once you have tenure, like, they can't fire you. So a lot of people who have tenure are, like, I'm not going to leave. Like, this is, I, I'm, I'm here forever. Right. And I think that keeps people just, like, totally flat. Like, they're not striving for anything. And, if you, and even if they were miserable, like, th- there's only a, a handful of people that I know that have left the job of teaching to do something else. And... I mean, I don't even know for me if I would do that. Even if this job, now this job can be, no. you know, it can be. Um, but I, I have no other skills. I can't do <laughs> well, anything that's else. That's what you think, though. I right. mean, that's what most people would probably think. Really, what can I do? What else can I do with Honestly, a teaching you... degree? Right. 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 Do I want to go back to school? Like, so that, again, like, then you're, then that timeline creeps up again, and you're yeah. like, oh, I can't do that. Like, Already 20... Whatever. Um, I'll be 27. 27. (laughs) I'm 27 years old, and do I really want to start again and do something else? Well, because then there's other factors, too. Like, I now own my home. Yes. I have my my husband. Like, do I want to uproot all of this stability that we have of, like, hey, we have this house, (laughs) and it gets paid for every month, but, like, what if I just stopped teaching and decided I'm going to make, you know, artisanal soaps? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to be a barista yeah. at Starbucks. I just decided that coffee is my passion. God. Making a stronger cup of coffee. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's tough. Yeah. It is hard because I think people, they're afraid to change their timeline because that would mean that you have to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that. Nope. And I think unless you're literally shoved out of it by someone else or by your own, like, intrinsic motivation, which that's a whole other issue. Like, if you're somebody who can motivate yourself enough to be like, no, I'm going to do that thing, wow, that's great. But I literally need someone being like, you need to do that thing. Yeah, like, aka this podcast. (laughs) Right. And, I mean, I talk about it a lot, but, like, it's not, it's not easy. No, not at all. Because, you know... I've said it probably every single episode, but, like, it's causing me a lot of, you know, some tears have been shed. I called, uh, I don't know, I guess it was, I don't even remember, 
yeah, the other day, and I was like, I'm not even going to record an episode on, on this week. <laughs> and then Frank was like, um, yes, you are. Like, yeah, do it. He's like, what do you, for, he's like, this is still about you. So I think, you know, there's something to be said about like, okay, yeah, I didn't change my timeline. I just added a little to it. And I'm already like, nope, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And you know, that's, that's okay because I'm still doing it. Right. It's very easy to be like, I tried this thing. I don't like it. I'm done. Um, when that's not really the case because you don't, nobody wants to start over in the sense of like from nothing because a lot of people like I said earlier compare their beginning to other people's middle so like you can look at someone and see all of their success and all of well if I just follow their timeline I'll be there and I'm and that timeline should be now and tomorrow yeah like we don't think about the years that it takes to get there right right like I could look at you know anybody's podcast that has you know, a million followers or subscribers or what? I don't even know the word. And I don't know. Because I think it depends on the platform. Right. But, and look at that and say, well, what the hell? And not appreciate the, you know, the amount of followers that I currently have. But then again, you look at when they started. And yeah. it was five years ago. Like, you know, you can't, if you want to start over, you have to be okay with failing for a little while. You have to be okay with failure. You have to be okay with setbacks. You have to be okay with your timeline going to the front, going like starting over, starting over, starting over until you decide, okay, this is, or until you figure it out and say, now I'm going to just see where this goes. Right. You have to be okay with taking your time and being okay with failing. Because if you take your time and you decide, okay, you know what, maybe not, you're going to look at it as a failure. Yes. But it's not. 100%. It's not a failure because you did it. You tried it. You tried it. But right? sometimes if you don't stick, you feel like it's... Right. Like, it oh, I, like for you, like, right. oh, I, I worked at ADP for five years or I worked in payroll for five mm-hmm. years. Do you think that that was a failure? Uh, I don't know if it was a failure. It was just not what I was passionate about, if so, you want to say. But I, I wouldn't consider that a failure. I would consider that, okay, I tried it something. Ex- it was definitely an experience. Yeah. I got my life experience of yeah. getting into the workforce, if you right. want to say. But maybe not so much a failure, just like not something that I was passionate about. Now, yeah. I feel like I have a better understanding of... I really grasp. Grasp of what I expect of myself and what I want to actually do with the rest of my life. Well, now that you've challenged yourself, you can't go back. You can't go back to being mediocre. No. Because you already know what you're capable of. Right. Like you, you know, you tried something and now you've challenged yourself and now you're like, all right, I always have to rise to this occasion. Yes. And I think that's a good thing, but it's also scary. Oh yeah. Like now, you know, even, even in teaching or even in this podcast or even in anything that I do, you know, you have those like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do this, and then you do it, and you're like, well, now there's literally no turning back. Yeah. And even if there is, and I'm starting that timeline over again, you have this knowledge, you have these skills or ideas, or, or for you, like, you have a passion. I do. And you're okay, like, if you had to start over from now, like, let's say, okay, you get this job, that's starting over. Absolutely. And that's, that's okay. But I'm okay with... I've come to terms with starting over, whether it's now I'm starting all over again with school. Right. You know, now I'm going into the process of starting over with an, not a new career, but a different, a different path one. in the career. Right. And, you know, 
you took your time to get here. <clears throat> it's okay. You can cough. Okay. <laughs> um, do you ever listen to Chris D'Elia's podcast? No. He literally like coughs and like sucks in boogers nice. and it's so gr- I mean millions of followers yeah, he can yeah, do whatever he, the he, hell he wants but Frank I, I started a podcast now Frank has become Chris D'Elia's biggest fan Excellent. on podcasts so and follow like, us Chris D'Elia. and I'm like no but I'm not even that like yo <laughs> your your wife has a podcast yeah. <laughs> listen to mine and he's like you have three episodes he has like 400 yeah. <laughs> but anyway you can cough on the podcast That's fine. but um you know I don't even know what I was talking about but <laughs> <laughs> Taking your time and starting over is, it's, it's scary, but it's, it's necessary, right? If you're not happy, you're not happy. Are you right. looking at the time? No, no. Oh, 52 minutes, I think. Oh, whatever. That's good. Sorry. Now, okay, so if I, let's, let's kind of, yeah, let's, let's get, let's get back on track. I told you this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, now that you are turning 30 next week, what would you say to your teenage self about time? Or about taking time. About anything. How about anything? What would you say to your teenage self now that you're 30? Enjoy the time, one. Yeah. Two, don't give up on anything. Or yourself, right? Sorry, it's what you're saying to your teenage self. Myself, yeah. yeah Do shut, not shut give up. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up on anything. Mm. Don't second guess the decisions you have. Yeah, that's real. And just be happy with what you have and build off of that. And it's like, it's all going to be all right. Yeah, right? like, yeah. It's okay. it'll be all right. It's okay. 13-year-old me, you're married now. I know, right? Did you ever think that would happen? No. <laughs> Someone's stuck with you. Somebody's stuck with you're, me. Yeah, like, you're all good, right? Um, yeah, that's good. Just don't give up. I like that. Yeah. Don't give up. Um, so, I want to ask each other one question. Sure. And then we can call it quits. Oh, yeah. Um, what is one thing that you wish... That I knew about me, like from your eyes. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. What's thing? What What's one thing you wish that I knew about me? I wish that you knew that you are probably the reason why, as I was a kid and all this stuff, that I didn't give up on anything. You know what I mean? So I see even now, like when when you're working and doing this stuff, like all right, she's doing it. I could definitely do it. Like you know, and she's like she said for me um, to her before. I pushed her to do a lot of things like this podcast and get into teaching and whatever she wanted to do. She did the exact same to me. Ooh. So that is, you know, you're the reason for a lot of it. I am crying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to answer the same thing. Okay. One thing that I wish that you knew is that you are the strongest person ever and I don't mean I mean yeah physically (laughs) but like you consistently beat odds within yourself and within life that I don't think anybody would have the ability to bounce back like you constantly bounce back and that is not only strength but it's also just like you're okay with being real you're authentic you it's it's no bullshit with you like what you see is what you get and I'm you're and I told you this the other day you're the hardest working motherfucker in the room (laughs) I said that to you the other day because I've never seen somebody with such a drive to be brave enough to do what you do on a daily basis 
Um, I think you get down on yourself a lot. Yes. So the one thing that I wish that you knew is you're stronger than you would allow yourself to believe. And a lot of people count on you. Oh. That's, that's real. A lot of people count yeah, on you. Real. Like, Thanks. I don't think you realize that. Like, I look to you for a lot. I think Frank looks to you for a lot. Um, mom, dad, like, we've kind of, our roles have reversed with our parents a little bit, I think, in the sense of, like, we, I think we feel like we're taking care of them a little <laughs> bit. But they now turn to you for a lot of guidance. Yeah. Um, and me too, but I think you more so because you're older. Yeah. Um, and that's, you, you've always held a responsibility with, within our family dynamic. Mm. You've always been the voice of reason. Like yeah. the one person <laughs> that's like, he's going to give us the, the you know. no bullshit answer. Yeah, but also like part. be able to see things clearly. Like the big picture. Yeah. Um, so you are, you're pivotal to everybody and I don't think you give yourself enough credit that's more than one thing that I said but that's okay (laughs) anyway I feel like that might be a nice place to otherwise we're just gonna start like crying (laughs) and people are gonna be barfing about oh my god this family (laughs) um but thanks for coming oh thanks Thanks for having me oh yeah (laughs) 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 thanks for uh for being honest I appreciate that and I'm sure other people will too um and yeah, let's hope the music thing works out because yeah, we'll I made out. I made a promise and I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh to follow through. But anyway, all right. If you liked this episode, tag us, screenshot it, put in your Instagram story, tag us. Um you know, tell a friend, subscribe, shout it from the rooftops. I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm not cool enough to say these things yet. But anyway, all right. Let's